Welcome to Christian Faith Center Caldwell Campus Podcast. Our prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. For more information, you can visit experiencecfc.com. God bless. Wow. God is so good. Amen. Um, I want to honor our pastors, Pastor Paul and Sasha. Thank you for the opportunity that you guys have blessed me with. Um, This is God's hand at work, really. Never in a million years that I think I'd be up on a place like this actually preaching the word of God. Um, it's, been, it's been a wild ride, and I'll tell you that for sure. It's Sunday morning. It's hot. It's the weather I don't like. I like it cold. It's on its way, but God is good. Amen? We know that when it's hot, God is our refreshment, and when it's cold, he's our warmth, correct? But God is so good. You know, um, I want to put a title to the message that God placed over my heart. And before I do so, I want to let you guys know how it began. There was a moment in um, about a month ago where Pastor Paul approached me. And uh, we had a meeting, and my purpose to have a meeting with him was to say, hey, I'd like an opportunity to preach. His purpose behind his meeting was, hey, I want to give you an opportunity to preach. So that was God at work for us. And um, the meeting came about. We had it. And my very next day, I was on my way to work. And I was crying because never did I think something like this would be happening to me. But God just started pouring, pouring, and pouring his word into my heart. And when I got to work... um, Many, uh, many of you don't know, but I work in an office, and the phone rings constantly, and the phones were quiet for about four hours. And I said, Lord, I'm done with my work. Put on worship music, and he said, pick up a piece of paper and start jotting what I put in your heart. And that message was confronting your forgotten giant. Confronting your forgotten giant. Wow. Many of us know the story of David and Goliath. You know that one kid story that the kids' church use all the time? Well, not today. Today's a story of victory and what David was able to do through God's power. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to read out of the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41 through 50. It's a little lengthy. But you'll understand why. It should be up on the board. And uh, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And if you guys have your Bibles, let me know when you're ready. Just scream out a big amen. 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 All right. So it says like this. Verse 41. Goliath walked out towards David um, with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. I am a dog, he roared at David. That you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. So David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of the heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. 
Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Anyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord. We thank you for your precious word, O oh God. Lord, as we sit here today, as we stand here today, Father God, I pray your word just come alive and resonate in our hearts, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We honor you for who you are, Lord. May your people receive the message that you have in store, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So to understand what David, what's happening to David, it's, we got to go back a little bit. We got to understand that this was a boy. The youngest of eight sons. A shepherd boy. One who took care of the sheep. And, you know, back in those days, that was probably like a low, you know, like low-class job, stinky job, taking care of sheep. But what was it about David that was different? What was it about him that made him and separated him from other ordinary boys? It was his confidence in God. It was who he was in God. It was knowing the power that surrounded him, his God. One thing about David was if you read further in scripture about his life, if he was a man after God's own heart, David, a little boy, Shepherd after God's own heart. His assurance with God. Knowing that no matter what he had to face, God was always with him. That's what made him different. That's what made him different from any other boy. He relied on the power of God. Point, my first point, David, he knew the power that surrounded him. He honored God with his life, right? 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 37 kind of explains that. He was a confident David. It says, where are we at? But David pers persisted. And this is after him talking to King Saul. And Saul was telling him, you can't go there. You're just a boy. You can't, Right? I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns to me, I catch it and I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done, um, I have done on, uh, where am I at? Sorry. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do this to the pagan Philistine. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So King Saul finally consented. All right. Go ahead, he said. The Lord is with you. You see, David had no business on that battleground. David's business was to tend to that flock. But something in him prompted him to go. David didn't have the training. He didn't have the age. 
He didn't have the physique like that giant. He wasn't ready for battle in our eyes. But he knew the God that he served. He knew where his power came from. Right? You know, David relied on, what is it, that scripture that God uses the weak to shame the strong? For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what David was banking on, right? David had no chance. He had no size. But both David and that Philistine had one thing in common. And no, it wasn't that they were human. They had confidence. But one had confidence in himself when the other had confidence in his God. Amen? There's a difference there. David knew the difference, right? First um, Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 47. It says, David replied to the Philistine, I, you come to me with a sword, spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. <laughs> and then I will... Give the dead bodies to your men and the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord's battle, that this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. That was his confidence. David, a boy with the confidence unlike any other. The giant who was considered a Philistine champion. Constantly winning battles, constantly killing, constantly doing and overcoming, no matter what they put in front of him. But David didn't see his confidence. He saw the opportunity for God's confidence to show itself. He didn't see a giant. This boy saw an opportunity. You see, he had no business there, none. So when David faced times of battle, he faced times of opportunity. When he faced times of battle to defend and rescue the flock, what did he do? He trusted his God. He trusted in who God was. He trusted the power that surrounded him. You see, no matter what the battle looks like today, no matter what you're dealing with today, trust the process that God is for you, right? Trust the process that God is with you. Trust the process that no matter how big that giant looks, it's ready to come down. Trust God. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, trust in the Lord your God with all of your heart, not just half of it, all of it, and do not depend on your own understanding. You know, when God gave me that scripture, I was like, Lord, why? And he said, because David did not rely on his own understanding. Though he knew who I was, he relied on mine. He knew who I was. He relied on me to go fight that battle for him. He relied on me to take that giant down for him. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about the giant. It was all about me, God said. You see, 
when we take a look at this story, I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged that God so happened to use a boy to show the world who he is. Right? David, very humble, took care of the flock, loved it, did it with his whole heart. But listen carefully. Those giants are still here. The title is Confronting Your Forgotten Giant. Why? Because so many of us still have giants in our lives. So many of us still carry those giants on our back. As a matter of fact, we walk into church thinking, man, I'm going to carry this giant with me today. So many of us have learned to live with the giants in our home. Too many. We do life, we come to church, we're happy, we're joyful, we praise God, and we go right back to that giant as soon as we get home. That giant stumbles us, trips us, continues to shake us, yet it's still there. Why? Why? You know, there was a giant in my life that was hard to get rid of. And it was the giant of being a prideful man. My wife sitting here, she can attest to you. It was a giant. And learning how to fight and conquer a giant taught me how to be humble. Taught me how to lower my expectations of myself and put God's expectations up here. It was learning how to let God fight and watch him win. That was how I learned how to fight. But listen carefully. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4 tells us, The Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you and he will give you victory. He will fight your enemies for you and give you victory. Now, if the victory is already ours in Deuteronomy, the book of, the word of God tells us, which we believe, which we trust with our entire hearts, correct? If the victory is already for us, then why? Why when we pick up that rock and sling it do we miss that giant? Why? You think God wants to continue to see you struggle with your giant? I don't know about you guys, but the God I serve takes care of the problem then and there. The God I serve, when he says demons need to be cast out, it happens in the name of Jesus. When he said Lazarus, raise, come up, come out of there, it happened. When he said your sins are forgiven and done, he meant it and it happened. When he said those shackles are ready to break off, he meant it. So why are you still facing those giants? Are you comfortable living with them? Does it? What? What is it? Why are those giants still lurking? You know, some of us are dealing with several giants. Maybe the giant looks like unforgiveness 
or selfishness, or maybe the giant looks like uh, anger. Maybe the giant is pride. Too many of us walk with that giant on our backs thinking that no one else can see it. That giant's there for a reason to remind you that you still need God. That you still need rescuing. That there's still things in our lives that need to come off. That there's a reason for that giant so that you can walk into that furnace so that stuff can burn off. That giant is there because we allow it to be there. Pride. That's our pride, which is the root basically of all those giants that I just named. Pride. It's dark. It's nasty. It blinds you. It doesn't allow you to see what God has in store for your life. It doesn't allow your talents that God has placed over your life to take fruition. Pride is dark. And I said it in the first service, but if pride can take down an entire nation, what makes you think it won't take down your life? It's time. It's time that pride, that, that, that selfishness, that unforgiveness, that anger, whatever you're dealing with, it's time that giant falls. It's time. So my question to you is, why is that giant still there, really? Ask yourself that question. If we have learned that the battle belongs to God, everything that David did, the battle, the victory, the giant, everything, he gave it to God. Why is it still there? You know, a while back, actually, I shared in the first service, and I wasn't going to. But our marriage, the first eight years of our marriage were, they were tough. My wife is here, and she knows. My kids have witnessed it. It was bad. And that giant kept destroying everything we were trying to build. Did you hear that? Everything we were trying to build. And as I was writing this message, God told me, remember that giant you dealt with for so long? That giant that really was about to ruin your entire marriage? That giant? I said, yeah, Lord. He said, you didn't conquer it. I did. And it wasn't for you to look good because that was your heart. Was you wanted people to say, Paco and Sandra, you guys did it. Paco and Sandra, you guys have overcome the odds, which was like 99 to 1. Nobody believed we were going to still be married, but yet here we are because we allowed God to conquer that giant, not us. I learned something phenomenal through this message. My second point is that the bigger the giant, the harder they fall. Amen? The bigger the giant, the harder they fall. You see, we got to stop looking at stature. And we got to start looking at the one who's standing in the throne room. We got to look, look at the one who's standing next to us. We got to look at the one who's standing before us. The one who's standing behind us. The one who's never going to let you fall. But the one that's saying, you know what, that giant that you have in your life today, brother, he's ready to come down. He's ready to fall. That giant. We need to let God be God all 
over again. You see, I look into this congregation and I see people facing giants. But maybe, just maybe, God has allowed you to confront Goliath so that you recognize the David within you. Did you hear that? Maybe God is saying, you know what, Justin? You're going to deal with that giant because I want you to figure out and see the David within you. How many of us believe David is within us too? I, I don't believe it. How many of us believe there's a David within you? You see, as you walk into this place, this isn't just a church today. This is a battleground. This is where your giants get to fall. Why? Because God wants to see you free. God wants to see you live in liberty, in freedom, unshackled, un, un, um, man, I don't even know the word anymore, but anyways, yes, he wants to see, yeah, maybe you are going through that struggle, but that's not a problem because the God that you serve is going before you. The God that you serve has already given you victory. The difference is, and what David did, was gave the glory to God. The victory was his, he said, but the glory belonged to God. That's the difference. It's not for us to look good ever, but it's to lift up the name of Jesus and let people know he has been the one conquering every giant I have. He has been the one breaking every shackle that's holding on to my feet. He has been the one that's been trying to just destroy those things that don't belong in my life. You see, God is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you, right? Amen, amen. God is so good. So here's my thing. As the band comes up and they get ready to actually create this place into a battleground, I want to say a couple key, key things. If we are ready to defeat those giants, we have to recognize the giant. So maybe it's time to go into your closet and grab that giant that you put away a long time ago and bring him out and say, there's no more. There's no more. I'm not putting you away. I'm dealing with you today and you're done. God is going to give you to me. What giant are you facing today? What is it that you're struggling with today? Maybe your giant was walking into this place of worship. Maybe your giant's been really surrendering your entire life to Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Those giants have no business being a part of your life anymore. You say, this place is going to turn into a battleground, but when we leave this place, it's turning into a cemetery. They're being buried, and their heads are going to get cut off. They're not going to survive going out that door. Not today. 
Not today. But we can't do it alone. We need Jesus to do it for us. I wanted to make an invitation if maybe you're here at a moment and you're telling yourself, my life is different. I want what they have. I want what God has been doing in these people's lives. I want to receive Jesus in my life. I need that freedom. I need that giant to be slain. I don't want him following me around anymore. If that's you and you're ready to receive Jesus in your heart today, see, Scripture tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today. Victory is yours. And today is the day of salvation. If that is you, just slip up your hand. I'm not going to tell anybody to close their eyes. I'm not going to tell anybody to bow their heads. I want people to know that who you are and what you're doing is because you want those giants off your life. You want to live a different life. You want a life that's going to be full of joy and full of uh, power, knowing that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. Amen? Wow, I see hands everywhere. Just pray alongside with me. Lord, Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you for what you've done on that cross for my life. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. And Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, for just, for taking me as you are. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you, Lord, that you just take residence in that place. That you wash me clean. That you replace my heart of stone with the heart of flesh. And that you be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up. And it's time, guys. It's time we leave this place without that giant. It's time we leave this place full of joy. Problem free. Yeah, maybe another giant will spring up on the way home. But God will deal with that one when he's ready. But today he's going to deal, right now he's going to deal with the one you're carrying, the one you're dealing with. Listen, here, the front of this room, this is the battleground. Come forward if you're ready to fight. Come forward if you need those giants slain. Come forward if you're ready to give God victory and the glory for what you're dealing with today. Come forward as the band begins to play. I'm just going to tell you one thing. It's time you confront that giant. It's time you look at him in the face and say, you don't have, you have no chance against me. Because as, our, as David picked up those rocks, those stones, it says in the Bible that they were smooth. Smooth stones. They weren't ragged. They weren't rough. They were smooth. It's because the stone that he slung at that giant was the rock he was standing on. That was the rock he slung at that giant. So it's time. It's time you pick up those rocks. It's time you sling the rock you stand on and watch and see that giant fall. It's time. Today is the day you walk out of this place free. Giant free. 
today. You see, the victory is yours, but the glory is God's. So I invite you, come up, come up. Our prayer teams are up here. They're willing to battle with you. They're willing to fight alongside you. Don't leave this place with that giant. Leave that giant here. That giant has no place in your life. None. Amen.